Hey, this is Susan. In this episode, we are going to hear the rest of the story. We've been talking about a bidding war. What is a bidding war in real estate? Um, How do you know if you're in one? In this episode, I tell you the outcome of the big bidding war that I was with or in the midst of with, as it turns out, 11 total buyers. I look forward to your thoughts. Have you ever been in a bidding war? Comment. Hey, hey, guys, Susan Thetford. I can't tell. Hey, hey, Susan Thetford with Parks Properties. Do you want to hear the rest of that bidding war story? I just realized I never told you, and it actually has been going on for quite some time. But if you remember last week, I started talking about what is a bidding war in real estate? How do you know if you're in a bidding war in real estate? What do you do if you're in a bidding war? What's the, what's the progress? And then the last question being... Um, some strategies of how to put your best step forward to win that bidding war. You know, all the things you can possibly do to hopefully win that war. So, as you recall, I was in one. I was in the middle of a bidding war. And I couldn't tell you the rest of what happened to it until we'd gotten to really know what had happened to the rest of it. So, without betraying um, people and parties and um, any confidentialities, I will tell you what happened. And I think in one of my videos I told you, if any realtor ever tells you that they have won every single bidding war that they have ever been in, they have not been in, but maybe won a bidding war. Because there are things that happen despite every single best effort, your best intel. There are things that happen that you just have no control over. So here's what happened. My client and I made a really great offer. We put in a pre-approval letter. We found out from the seller's agent all the things that we possibly could which would make our offer be the best possible. What, when would they love to close? What things would your sellers like to have left with the house? What things would your sellers really like to keep with the house? Even though they had said certain things with the MLS would stay, you know, sometimes the people say those things not thinking the house will have multiple offers. For example, maybe the refrigerator. It was listed in the MLS as if it stayed, but would they really prefer to have it go with them to save them some money? So we did everything in our possible arsenal to make our offer as simple as possible to be the one that was accepted. We gave them the closing date they wanted. We gave them all the things they wanted. We did not ask for a home warranty, which saved them about $600. We did everything possible. Highest and best offer was called for, and the openings for the bid was supposed to be Saturday at noon. Excuse me, a bug. Saturday at noon was going to be the bid openings. So we got all the information to them. Again, my strategy is to give it to them about two hours ahead of time. So I got it to her at 10 o'clock on Saturday and asked for a confirmation that all the things, including the pre-approval letter, was there. And she confirmed with me that she had everything she needed. So then all we could do was wait and wait and wait. We knew that there were offers. We did not know how many other offers there were. 
So about 3.30 in the afternoon, I mean, I'm talking anxiety, you know, we expected to hear something about maybe one o'clock, 1.30 at the latest, two o'clock, and then you're doing everything in your mind. Okay, so what does this mean? We haven't heard. Does that mean, what does that mean? What could that mean? We're trying to put it in, you know, trying to figure out ways that could mean that it would come out a good outcome for us. And you just can't guess. You just can't guess. So anyway, about 3.30, I got a, um, again, I'm saying I don't want to, I got a notification. I got a notification that, thank you, our offer was second best out of 11 offers. We came in number two out of 11 offers. And, you know, it was a done deal. That, they, that, that the seller had countered another offer. Now, my first question was, okay, that means they've countered. That doesn't mean another offer's accepted. So I offered immediately, I'm gonna get back to my, my, um, my buyers. Within a minute, I got back and said, we wanna counter our offer. We wanna put in another offer because the house hadn't sold yet. But when I did that, I was told, no, they now have an accepted offer. So our offer couldn't be accepted at that point because they had accepted another one. So, we were SOL. We were out of luck. Their seller had sold to another person, and we came in number two. So, my next question was this. May we stay in next position to be able to purchase? Could we stay in line in case something happens with that first offer? Maybe it was written subject to a, a, a loan. I didn't know. Maybe it was subject to an inspection. I didn't know. Maybe it was subject to an appraisal. All the things that can go wrong, if it went wrong, we wanted to be the first person under contract so that we didn't have to go through all this again. And we got that accepted as of today. So we are in second position. Now, without telling me, without betraying anything, the agent did tell me, Susan, there was absolutely nothing, zero, that you and your buyer could have done to make it better than the offer that was accepted. So I said, so what that means to me, it's not a dollar figure. It wasn't a dollar figure that was wrong. The only thing I could think of is either they took away the inspection clause, which we could have done too, so that wasn't it, or they did not have it be subject to an appraisal, and the only way to do that is they were a cash buyer. So I said, okay, my, my thoughts are that ha, that means, does that mean that these were cash buyers and they had no appraisal? Because we weren't a cash buyer. We were subject to an 80% loan. And yes, that was the answer. She didn't confirm it. She didn't deny it because she can't. But the only way possible, I mean, our numbers could go up. If our numbers went up, everything else, there's nothing we could have done to make us not have to have an appraisal contingency because we have a loan. So that's the difference. Guys, you cannot compete against a cash offer that has no appraisal contingency. And when something gets really high, sometimes the seller is worried that maybe it won't appraise and that would cause the loan to fall through. So I understand it. It was a heartbreaker. We are in second position. I doubt seriously that anything will happen to it, but that was a bidding war that my buyer had to go through. And, um, you know, people have two different ways of looking at it. Oh, hell, I'm never going through that again. Or, 
I get it. We'll find another one. Let's pick up steam and get at it. And that was, that was the way they looked at it. So very proud of them. But that's what happened. In spite of all of our due diligence, you're not going to win every single war. There are things beyond your control. So it's taken me a while to be able to get back to you, but I, until I knew for a fact of exactly where things were and that our second position is in place and all signed off on, there's a process for doing all that too. You and your agent will know that. Um, then, then I had to keep it quiet. So there you go. You win some, you lose some. We learned a lot on this one and we did everything possible in our power and we just couldn't win this one because we haven't won the lottery. We're not cash buyers. That's all there is to it. So, but I hope, I hope this series has helped you um, understand what a bidding war is, what the process is, some strategies to do your best bet in winning that war, and um, just having a little bit of more of an understanding of what the process can be like. Now that you know, I'd love to offer you my seller's checklist. This is a booklet. I can't ever figure out where to go. There you go. Get rid of me. It's a booklet that I've put together with a seller's checklist of all things that you need from from um, how to choose a realtor that's best fit for you and your needs, to all the documentation that needs to be put together to put the listing together and um, documentation that you need to actually sell the home. It's got staging tips. It's got packing tips. It's got... Uh, a checklist of all the things that you need to do from two weeks prior. It, it has a checklist of things to do to get your home photographed professionally. It's pretty jam-packed full of good stuff. So this is the home seller's checklist to sell your home for the highest dollar in the least amount of time if you'd like that. Um, I'll put um, a way for you to get to it and you're more than welcome to have it. Um, it's, it's, it's a process and it's fun. It's interesting, but you got to know all the pieces and parts, or it can be a pretty daunting task. This is Susan Thetford. Please feel free to share this out to anybody you know who might be going through the home buying process, or someone who is uh, maybe in the middle or beginning to start looking. And if they're looking in a highly competitive area like Nashville, certain price points especially, they need to understand the bidding war process before they get into the middle of it. Then that's really stressful. But if you know what it is and have an understanding of what the process is going to be, it's, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. It is nerve-wracking, though. This is Susan Thetford. Share this on out. Hope you have a great weekend, and I hope the day had a great you. See ya. So the outcome to that bidding war was painful. But... That does happen. Happily, I can tell you that my buyers have purchased and are closing next week on a home that's even better than the one we lost out on. Tell me, have you ever been a part of a bidding war? Was it as traumatic as it seems at the time? In hindsight, I'd love to hear your thoughts, put them in the comments.